Hey, what's going on, hockey fans? It's Regan Ponslet here, host of Hockey Minds Podcast. And I'm Carson Hogan, co-host of Hockey Minds Podcast. Basically, our show's all about talking just straight about hockey. It's always on our minds. We're thinking about it 24-7. That's it. All about hockey. We have great ideas that I think would interest people to listen to on a podcast, obviously. So... Just sit back, enjoy, give input if you want, yell at us, do whatever you want. That's a part of hockey and it's arguments. Yeah. All right. Well, first up is the NHL schedule. Uh, there's exhibition games going on in the next couple of days and playoffs start or play-ins start on August 1st. Yeah, so, so the play-ins start then and the exhibition games are from the 28th to the 30th, uh, 29th is also in there, not just 28th and 30th. Um, teams will be playing each other with just one game. Everything's the same, and they're going to go on there. No team that is playing each other in the play-in round or in the round robin are playing each other. They're all playing different teams so that it's not a disadvantage for anybody at that stage. Or you can't aim to injure any players on purpose. Yeah, like exactly, because – if you're playing a team, you're just going to sign a grinder for game one and just say, okay, go snap somebody's neck or something like that. But yeah. that's not going to happen, so it prevents all of that. Um, some pretty interesting breaking news in the NHL the last couple days. The Boston Bruins, this powerhouse all year, has nine players unfit to play so far for the next two weeks, all of a sudden for the playoffs. So... That means they can come back if they get cleared, which we're assuming is COVID-19. I'm sure that players just didn't all of a sudden get hurt all at the exact same time. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Carson, but I think it's a pretty clear COVID-19 case um, down there in Boston. Yes, and you know it's going to be uh, two weeks quarantine to make sure you're under safe. But it, for the Boston Bruins, it isn't that – as much of a threat because as soon as they're cleared to play, like it will be like well, like in the play in round and just in the round robin. So their team is not on third, like on the verge of being knocked out. So they're safe. Even if they get the fourth spot, they're still in the play in, like play ins and playoffs, however you want to call it. And they will be safe no matter what. And I think Posternock and all those players that are unfit to play will be back and ready by playoffs. Yeah, just a, a quick list here of the the nine players that are unfit. David Posternock, leading scorer for the Bruins this year. Andre Kasha, Charlie Coyle, Tori Krug, Sean Corrali, goaltender Tuka Rask, Chris Wagner, David Krejci, and Nick Ritchie. The nine players for the, for the Boston Bruins that are unfit to play as of right now. Assumed COVID-19 case, which is... It sucks, but it's good that they haven't been in the bubble yet, and that's not the reason why it's happening. It's just something they might have contracted, yeah. whether they're out and on the streets or wherever. Uh, COVID has proven to be uh, cold or flu, whatever you want to call it, that is easily curable for someone who is in great physical shape, like Austin Matthews got it earlier this year, and he recovered within two weeks, and he is fit to play again. And it's cleared of all symptoms. So it is very, like, for NHL players who are in great shape, I have no doubts they'll kick this right out of their system very quickly. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as that. Unless 
if for unknown reasons one of these nine players has a respiratory disease, that could be some yeah. big complications, which would be very unfortunate, really, because at that point yeah. it's it's a lot more than the game at that point. But those are the nine players as of now that have been unfit for the Bruins the last day, I think, at practice. So those are your nine players that won't be able to play if they continue with these symptoms further on. Like they said with the whole policy in the NHL, they the team can't say whether it's COVID-19, if it's a foot injury, if he sprained his leg or whatever it is. They can't disclose it based on the rules that the NHL have been putting out. But assuming nine players all of a sudden unfit at the same time, I don't think they all got injured in the same practice, especially those big players on their team, their big names. So I'm just going to assume COVID-19 case, but it could be something else entirely. Uh, Getting straight into it, uh, we're going to do a little segment. Like We almost will add segments into our episodes on this podcast where – we will do like little things that we'll just carry over into each episode. If they're popular, we'll keep doing them. If they're not, we might not. But this one is called Overrated Underrated, where we each list a prospect from the coming 2020 draft who we think is overrated and who we think is underrated. Yeah, um, especially this episode, we're focusing on the draft. It's kind of a nice intro because that's something that's been a hot topic as of late. So I believe that it's a good talking point. But right now, we are going to take a break quick just so the recording can be more fresh. You guys can have a break, whatever you're doing, get a break from our ears. Just kind of take in what we're saying. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Hockey Minds podcast with your host, Regan Ponslet here. We talked just before we went to that break about the overrated, underrated segment that we're going to do and just focused on this episode around the 2020 draft coming up for the NHL. Um, by no means when we say overrated that they are a useless player, they're never going to play in the league, they're never going to get anywhere. It's just these expectations and hype around them that's built up so high that we don't believe they can live up to, or it's just a big facade that's not actually there. And when we say underrated, we feel that these players, these prospects haven't been shown the spotlight that we feel they deserve, or they have drawn attention to themselves by their game. For sure. And it does like this doesn't mean that the underrated player is going to be 100% more successful than the overrated player, but it could happen. We don't exactly know, but... Based on what I think, I believe this could happen. I believe that this player could be higher than the other one. That's just taken for granted, but at face value, it's which player's overhyped and which player's not giving enough, getting enough credit for what they've done. Um, well, yeah. As that starts, Regan, would you like to start with your underrated or overrated prospect? Uh, definitely underrated. Uh, overrated brings a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of a hot take, so... I think underrated is cool, too, so we can give a little bit more of a, a detailed opinion on players who people might not know about. Um, my underrated player is Lucas Reichel from Germany. He plays in the DEL. Um, I think he's one of the three Germans that I personally have going in the top in 
probably the top 25. I think they're all going to go in the first round at some point. A lot of people have Paterka and Reichel flip-flopped on most mock drafts or just what analysts are saying. But Reichel, that kid can flat-out play. And I think he will be better than his father in the NHL, Robert Reichel. Everybody's known knows him. Well, maybe not everybody, but I remember him. He played for the Leafs for a little bit. Um, Reichel put up 24 points in the DEL this year as an 18-year-old. That's the fourth highest total by anybody U18 in the DEL throughout the whole history of German hockey in that league. He halved on goals and assists, showing that he can do both. He can put the puck in the neck, but he can also dish it off. In the World Juniors, he was also very, very impressive with five points in seven games and a 19-year-old dominated tournament. Like, if anybody knows why Canada does so well or Sweden or Russia and all these other countries, because they can rely on players who have already been drafted that aren't playing in the NHL and they get kicked back to juniors so they can play at this tournament. And it's really a highlight seeing how prospects have developed and the new prospects, these 18 and 17 year olds who are going to get drafted. It's nice to see them. And he, he was so good at the tournament. He was all over the ice. Germany had zero offense aside from the dynamic trio in Stutzle, Paterka and Reichel. Um, he put up points against good competition. Obviously, some points came against Kazakhstan, not a very good team. But even when he wasn't scoring, he was doing everything. He has great puck skills. He'll do whatever his team needs to, him to do. He can skate well. He's not a burner like Paterka or Stutzel, but he's not slow. He's strong on his skates. Like the two previous players mentioned, Paterka and Stutzel, like, their top 10 skaters in the draft, maybe even higher than that. They just can flat out fly. Like I said before, he's he can play defensively too. He's great at that. Like whatever the team that drafts him needs him to do and whatever role he's playing, he'll do well. Do I think he's going to be a point-per-game player? No, I don't think he'll be that in the NHL. Could he be? Maybe. I think he's going to be that second first-line guy that you plug in on a line that can kind of do everything. He won't be a, a big force because he's not big right now. I think he's about six feet, 170, 185 pounds, depending on how much he bulked up for the draft for what they're telling him. But he just needs way more attention than what he's getting. I don't think people really know about him. And at the start of the year, he wasn't even ranked to go in like the top in the first round. Like He was ranked in the second and third round. People didn't really know about him. So I think it's just a good spotlight for him for people to know what he can do. And I think he'll be a good player for whatever team drafts him. I hope my team drafts him because they're probably going to be drafting late in the Capitals. So if the Capitals can get him or even Paterka, I'll be very, very thrilled by that. And uh, my first um, underrated player from this upcoming draft is defenseman from the Prince Albert Raiders, Caden Gould. I think Caden Gould is really overshadowed, overshadowed by just the two defensemen in Drysdale and Sanderson in this draft. People have him going from 16 to 25, even into the second round that I've seen in one, but most likely he will go in mid-20s or early 20s. Um, he had 40 points in 63 games in the WHL and was just a great defensive player. He is one of the second-best defensemen in this draft, in my opinion. Um, he had... He is a very good... Um, he is 6'3". 
He weighs about 190. He's a good skater from what his draft profile says. And he has the ability to shut down play, uh, the players. And he was 19th in league scoring this year. Yeah, like I think he's a good defenseman. I don't think people are giving him enough credit. Um, I think Jamie Drysdale and other players have been really built up. Even though this is not a very strong defensive draft, I think that Caden Gould is a very good defensive prospect in this year's draft. I think that any team that picks him will get a top four guy for sure who can lock down the other team's best players. I think he's big. He knows how to use his body. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a good defenseman for whoever picks him up. Do you have a team that might be able to pick him up or you're thinking about a team that will reach? teams that could use the benefit of this new york islanders edmonton oilers and the new jersey devils for sure i, I agree with lacking, all those teams they're all lacking that defensive demon that can really has size and can really shut someone down yeah and the, i think what's good like you mentioned the islanders and the oilers they both won't be picking in the top well, it depends on how everything goes with the lottery and how, who they wins could. the playing rounds. But those teams could be very well picking in the 20s, and they might pick up Caden Gould just as a defenseman, which would be good for them. Like, how high do you see him going? Like, what what's the... I see him going, like, from 16 to 25 based off where teams fall and what the team's needs are at the time. Do you think he can push into the top 10 or it's just not really a no, question? No, that's not a realistic expectation. Yeah. Especially with Jake Sanderson being ranked outside top 10 in some mock drafts. I don't see him going higher than Jake Sanderson. For sure. Well, now it's overrated. Um, like we said before, overrated does not mean they're not good players. They aren't terrible. Like, overrated is not mean they are a better player than the player we put as underrated it just means their expectations i feel should be lowered and what they're doing is a little bit overhyped and over like gratified i think a comparison a good comparison in the nhl would be johnny gaudreau like johnny gaudreau is not a terrible player He's a good player. He's putting up 60 points, 70 points every year. Obviously, at his 99-point year, which I think was a fluke. I don't believe in Johnny Gaudreau like that, and we'll probably do an overrated, underrated later, and he'll probably be on my overrated list. But Johnny Gaudreau is still a 60- to 70-point player. His expectations are that 99-point player or that above-a-point-a-game player, which I don't think he is. But he's still a decent talent. Especially considering his, like, really breakout year was when the Flames in general had a good year. You oh. look at like you look at a player like Nathan McKinnon or like even like a Leon Dreisaitl. The Edmonton Oilers had a mere record all year, but he put up insane numbers. You look at Kucherov last year, the Tampa Bay had ground shattering numbers for their regular season. Of course, they're gonna have like a extremely high score. Does that mean Kucherov will score 120 points every year? No. Could he score hundred points? Yes. For sure, because I think how good your team's doing equates to team like to individual success too. Oh, for sure. But I mean, there are players who do take that away. Like McKinnon, you said, no matter how good Colorado does, he just he keeps on playing. He's just flat out a good player. He knows how to play, and no matter what, 
McKinnon will carry his team and lead his team in points everywhere. Hey, like he's going to be the top scorer on Colorado no matter what. Colorado can have a good year. They can have a bad year. He's going to be at the top of the league in scoring, and he's going to be that dominant player. I don't think Johnny oh, Gaudreau sure. is that. I think his stats are affected by how his team does. Yes. Um. Now, would you like to get into your overrated prospect? Yeah, um, I'll go into my overrated prospect here. Um, it's Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn has been rated as high as in the first round. I've seen him. People thinking that he's a top 10 pick. I've also seen people having him at a 12th pick or a 13th pick, which to me is too crazy. I think, like, some people say he's the best goal scorer in the draft. I think he's the luckiest player in the draft, to be honest. This guy should be thanking Marcel, Marco Rossi as lucky stars. Last year, as an not in his draft year, obviously. He was not a strong player. He had 12 goals and 20 assists in 61 games. He wasn't he he wasn't really ranked at that point last year, which other players like Marco Rossi had a way higher goal total and they weren't in their draft year. But now he's been compared to just go right after Marco Rossi. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. And as you mentioned, like it's almost like a Connor McDavid Dylan Strom effect. Dylan Strom's stats were affected by Connor McDavid because Dylan Strom got to play with the number consensus number one overall pick. For sure, and that like it just makes him look better. Of course, on the stat sheet, it's awesome. Like this year, Marco Rossi, fifty-two goals. That like great. That's that's second highest in in all of the CHL, only behind Leafs prospect robertson he had 55 so he's second in goals and he was a draft year player he was also playing with the potential top five pick in marco rossi like you were saying the mcdavid mcdavid and and strom effect like it just doesn't make sense to me and it's just marco rossi's really elevating jack quinn to a standard that i don't think he can hold up to and that just i kind of think shows how good marco rossi is too in watching some highlights and just watching Jack Quinn this year, he doesn't drive the play very well. He waits around for the puck. When he scores his goals, I don't really see transferable skills to the pro level. I think a lot of his goals that he scores are just from this overpowering shot. And when he gets into good spaces from waiting and he gets a nice setup, like Marco Rossi had 89 assists this year. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm right about that, 89 assists is a huge total. And he's only scored 52 goals on that. I'm pretty sure Marco Rossi would have assists on almost all of them. For sure, there are other players that I would rather take in the draft too. But me, I just think he's got bust written all over him this year. Um, Going into my overrated player, I have the, the number one ranked defenseman, actually, Jamie Drysdale. Oh, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Drysdale has, in a weak defensive draft that's very forward-heavy, um, fans and like scouts have really looked to who is the number one D prospect. And this draft, like if Jamie Drysdale is ranked around 10, I'd be fine with that. But he has not been the player that can be at four in some mock drafts, I don't think. Well, I think he's been as high as three, too, like... I don't think I've ever seen one, but... Maybe. I've seen him at three. I think that's kind of before Stutzel came on the on the scene and kind of really took off at the juniors. He was ranked, like, 
with Lafreniere and Byfield. It was supposed to be a trio of Canadians at that top list, which I just don't – I can't see him no. being that good. No, and here's here's um, a little bit of stats. Um, Jamie Dresdale only had 47 points in 49 games played as an offensive D-90. He is undersized at 5'10 and 170 – or 5'11 and 170. And just to compare around, like, some people have him ranked at four. Bowen Byram last year went ranked at four in a similar, like, draft class of, like, in terms of, like, skill. Bowen Byram had 71 points in 67 games played as a two-way defenseman. It is also notable that Jamie Drysdale has trouble scoring in five-on-five play as 46% of his points come off the power play. Yeah, and I, I think his sample size is also small because he was injured for some of this year. He, I think he only played, what was it, how many games did he play? Like 49? I think it was 49 games. So 49 games is, is not a whole time. It's not a full season. So maybe he would have had a better second half. We don't know. But just from that, man, like 46%. So over half of his points coming on the power play, like – you're not just drafting a power play quarterback. Lots of teams already have that. You can find one for cheap. I don't think he's worth the the fourth overall pick like some people are saying. I think some team will reach on him, though. I think just because the hype is so big around him. And what if he turns out? Then your franchise looks dumb for not taking him. But, yeah. Yeah, especially considering, like, my comparison is a less gifted offensively, uh, Quinn Hughes. And, like, I was pulling up stats. Evan Bouchard, who went 7th overall or 8th overall, if I'm not mistaken. 10th to the Oilers. Okay, 10th in 2018. He had 87 points in 67 games, and he was considered an offensive D-man who has size at 6'1". And, like, I'm just seeing, like, when I'm drafting a defenseman, I'm not looking for points. That is not the number one thing I'm looking for. Correct. Points is obviously a huge, like, if he can score, that's great, but you obviously look at a player like Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi could score 50 to 70 points, and he's still one of the most valuable defensemen in the league. Agreed. Like, I think that doesn't tell the whole story about Evan Bouchard. Like, I think he's okay defensively. Obviously obviously. not as good as I think the Oilers fans are hoping for because he hasn't played for them really yet at all. And, I mean, when you spend a 10th overall pick on him, I feel like you'd want him in your lineup. So, hopefully he can break the lineup next year. But I think we we were also debating about the stats on that. Evan Bouchard, even in his draft year, how, what percentage, percentage of his points were on the power play out of that 87? He has 37%. So, that's 9% down from Jamie Drysdale. So, like, okay, it's, sem- it's semi-comparable. But still, it's less than what Drysdale had. But yet, Bouchard was ranked worse than Drysdale. And Drysdale has this massive hype building around him. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I agree with you, Drysdale. Because overrated. in that, in that uh, 2018 draft, people didn't look and like overrate Bouchard because there was Darlene and there was Quinn Hughes and like those, those kind of defensemen in the draft. They were really like those top-tier defensemen. For sure. For sure. I I agree with that. I think this Um, kind of wraps up the overrated, underrated segment right now uh, on our prospects for this year. But I think for now, um, that would be good for a break now too, just taking 
the time just before we get into our mock draft. We're going to do top 10 mock draft prediction on teams and where they're going to pick players. I think that's fine. Um, and it won't be such a super long episode because we're just testing it out, seeing how everything goes. But overrated, underrated, it's not based on if they're a good or bad player. These players will all probably make it to the NHL and play at some capacity in the show. But it's just the expectations and the hype surrounding them. So we're going to go to a break here, and we'll get back to you guys in a bit. Thank you. Welcome back, Hockey Mind fans. It's Regan Ponsa here, back again, your host. And now we're going to move on to the mock draft, like I was saying before. It's only the top ten. We just kind of want to give an overview of the prospects. I think when it comes closer to draft time, we'll give a whole first round detailed, maybe some steals more than just underrated, overrated, which yeah. is what we just finished with the prospects. Overrated prospects were Jamie Drysdale and Jack Quinn. And our underrated prospects were Lucas Reichel of the DEL and Caden Gould from the Prince Albert Raiders, WHL defenseman. Um, Again, in no way if anybody's disrespected by that, like it's not politically correct and I don't really care, but it's the way it is. It just means expectations that they can't live up to. But with that being said, we're going into our mock draft. I mean, Carson, you might surprise me with a shocker, but who do you have at first overall in this year's NHL 2020 draft? Yeah, this this one was tough, um, but... I have Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> I mean, I have him exactly there he's too. Number one. He, he's, he's there's no way he doesn't go number one. Every team with like you don't even need eyes to know he's number one. Like he's he's been the consensus number one his whole life. Like it, it's not close. I think he's no. just that upper echelon. Like people are comparing him to McDavid. They're trying to compare stats and he does have a pretty similar points per game for him compared to McDavid over his CHL career, which I think is fascinating. And obviously I don't want to write too much on CHL because players like Neil Yakupov can dominate in the CHL and then not put it together. But I do think Alexi Lafreniere will be dominant in the NHL. I just think, I think more so than anything, like obviously the world junior tournament, somebody can light it up, but I think Lafreniere, like, he just showed dominance at that tournament. Like, he was just better than everybody. He he was smarter. He was physical. He just wanted the puck all the time. He was just all around the ice. So we're probably taking a little bit too long on number one because I think everybody and their grandma has Lafreniere at number one. But I'll go on to my number two overall pick and who I believe will be there. This doesn't necessarily mean – they're the second best player in the draft or whatever. It's just what I think this team will pick. Oh, and for the playing team, who's going to pick? Oh, no, 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 not like that. Like who we think the LA Kings are going to pick at second or like who the Ottawa Senators are picking at third. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not, it's not just how I would draft because I would draft probably differently than other GMs, but this is how we're trying to step into the minds of GMs in the NHL and organizations and basing our picks off of what we think they would pick. So for me at the second overall pick, I do believe the Los Angeles Kings will go center, but they're going to go with the big center. They're going to go with Quentin Byfield. I think he's 
been consensusly behind Lafreniere for probably the same amount of time that Lafreniere has been number one. I think he's always been a very strong skater at that size, which I think is very, very rare. Um, I would like to put Stutzel at two because I love Stutzel, but I think Stutzel was never rated as highly. So this rise on him, GMs are going to be like, well, we didn't have him ranked as high before. Why are we ranking him higher than Byfield now? So I think Byfield's just been two for how long. Um, I think his his size, his skating, he's got a good shot. He had very good stats this year in, in missed time in the OHL. And everywhere it sounds like everybody's scared to play him. He just uses his body physically to protect the puck and to use his size to get to areas. I think one knock on him is that he doesn't use his size enough for physical play for getting in the corners and bodying kids off the puck, which I think some teams in the NHL will want him to transition to. But number two, I have Quentin Byfield for this LA is where Kings. We already are splitting roads. I feel Tim Stutzel will go number two to the LA Kings just because he's already played at a professional level of like grown men. And he has already proved himself to be that elite talent. He's an elite skater, amazing path, amazing vision and passing, and like really just the complete package when you're looking at a prospect. Obviously, it could flip flop between him and Byfield. You never, like, nothing's guaranteed, especially with how close this is. But I feel Tim Stutzel's already proved himself in Europe, and he's just a uh, lock for the NHL next year. Yeah. Where- and- yeah, I, I agree with you on all your points on why he could go number two. And again, this is not saying this is exactly how we would draft it because me personally, I would have Stutzel at two on my list. I just think GMs will like the size in Byfield picking him at two. But who knows? But for your number three pick, you incite me. Uh, I'm guessing we just flip-flop at this position yeah. unless you got a shocker. Nope, I don't got a shocker, so we can just continue on. I guess you picked Stutzel, I picked Byfield. Yeah, I, Stutzel for the same reasons that Carson was mentioning. Like, he might be with the best skater in this draft. Like, he's so smooth on his skates. He's quick. He's tenacious on the puck. He wants the puck all the time at the World Juniors. You always saw him tapping his stick repeatedly on the ice like he was chopping veggies. He just wanted the thing on his stick all the time. He was just a dynamic yeah. player. And, in the DEL, man, like he's almost at a point of game playing against men. Like this is him playing against men. So when he goes transitions to the NHL, he's going to weigh more. He's already said that he's bulked up. Like that's huge for NHL teams. And I think he's going to be a very electrifying player next year. I really hope to see him in an NHL sweater next year, but I hope they let him go to the juniors because I kind of want to go watch him play. But yeah, that's that's my take on Stutzel quickly because I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah, I have the same points as Byfield. No point in beating a dead horse of what you said, but I'm just going to agree, and I'm going to move on to four. All right, number four, the Detroit Red Wings. Who do you have the Red Wings selecting in that dumpster fire right now that that team is? Aside from their roster, uh, like obviously, like I had two options because you got Matt the playing Red Wing, you got Larkin playing center, and it really came down to prospects. They have Zadina on right wing, so I won't go with Raymond. I will be choosing Cole Perfetti. I think he has more size than Marco Rossi, which is, like, obviously such, like, a terrible argument to make, but it's so true. Like, like it's just hard picking a smaller player, especially when Marco Rossi's a center. 
it's such a small size. Yeah, I, I I agree with your points there. I think size does matter a little bit with my yeah. selection of Byfield that too, but I guess I'll go a little bit into a deeper dive on Perfetti because I have Matt Four going to the Red Wings at well as well. Center ice position is so huge in the NHL nowadays. The teams that are successful usually have a one-two punch of some sort of combination. I think with the Red Wings shoring up Larkin, if they can keep him around, and then getting Perfetti as their number two center, I think that would be very good for their team. I think Perfetti's got elite shot, elite puck skills. He's very, very, very smart. He's driven. The only knock on him is his skating's a little bit slower. But I think that can be fixed if some teams aren't too worried, if it's just a technique thing or hitting the gym and getting on the right training program. I think it can be an easy fix for sure if it's just skating. And obviously, like, many NHL players have proved, like, dry side on Barkov, who aren't the fastest, proved that if you're smart enough, you will be good and good enough in the NHL. Oh, for sure. And I think the biggest thing in the NHL is about your brain. I think before oh, skating, sure. if you can't think the you game, you, you can't play it. You don't get the NHL based off your skating or just that. You need a brain. For but sure. Would you like to move on to number your number five prospect? Yeah, I'll go for number five uh, with the Ottawa Senators' second pick of the top five. I have them taking one of our overrated players on our list in Jamie Drysdale. Um, I, here's the thing. Drysdale, as much as we think he's overrated – he is probably one of the one or two best defensemen in this draft. So with the Senators taking him, shoring up their defense core for, well, as long as their team is around, they've got Bernard Docker coming up, who was excellent for Canada at the World Juniors this year, Thomas Shabbat, Eric Branstrom. If they can solidify it with Jamie Drysdale, even if he's not that elite defenseman that everybody is saying that he is and he's overrated, that's still a pretty good defense core in Ottawa if they can really grow and develop him I think he needs to put on a little bit of weight he is an offensive defenseman so I think he will be able to score I'm guessing they'll split up the pairs with Branstrom and Shabbat or vice versa with Bernard Docker to have one offensive defenseman on each side but Jamie Drysdale at five he's a good skater Uh, He can shoot the puck. He's got elite offensive talent. Like we said, he's a really good power play quarterback for his team. So, yeah. Here's here's where I almost differ with you a little bit. I see – because I had um, the Senators taking Byfield. I think they take a winger and Raymond. Just for the fact you already listed off three men that they have, Brandstrom, Shabbat, and Bernard Docker. I feel they're going to go out and, like, go sign a, like, fourth defenseman for their decor this free agency or coming free agency where they can just shoot in because they're lacking on that forward group to get help for Brady Kachuk. And if they have um, Clinton Byfield, that'll be a great first line. For sure. However you want to. And like I said, this is based on like how GMs draft. So yours is different from mine because you picked the center. I mean, Stutzel can still play center. He's a center left wing combo. But I just think if the centers, I I think it's just good for them. If they can get a whole top four, they don't have to worry about defense for the next how many years. And they can just go all in on forwards trying to build talent. I think that's better because I think it's easier to find better forwards than it is to find good defensemen. For so, sure, for sure. And the only knock on Drysdale, he's small and he's not the greatest defensively. I'm not saying he's bad defensively. He's just not a standout like Jake Sanderson 
or a Caden Gould. But that's yeah. the only knock on him. Who do All you right. have at your number six pick? The Anaheim Ducks you have selecting? Jamie Drysdale. This is the one that I was really like thinking about. And they need everything. If I'm being like completely virtually honest, everybody on their team is aging. No good player has really got like that bright future. And I'm not talking about Zagrass because he's not entered their roster yet. But yeah, I feel like their team just needs everything. And if they can get a little bit of extra scoring on defense, it'll help them out tremendously. And because their biggest problem right now is they can't score at all. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you that they have absolutely nothing. I mean, they got they got Zegris, they got Sam Steele, they got a couple prospects, but that team just needs talent no right now. Really on their roster right now. Yeah, like. And they have they have aging talent. Like Getzlaff is gonna leave soon. Like he's gonna be gone. Their defense, like they sold off lots of pieces so far. Um, they just need talent on that team. I went a little bit different here. I flip flopped back and forth, constantly thinking, do I go with Rossi? Do I go with Raymond? Rossi, Raymond. But ultimately, I picked Lucas Raymond. I think from before you mentioned, or when I mentioned, and you mentioned. Zegris and Sam Steele. That's two centermen already in the Ducks organization. I don't think you want to overcrowd it with Rossi as well. Uh, that's why I went with Raymond. He's a skilled winger. He's a very good playmaker. He's a great skater. Uh, he's been fantastic everywhere he's Here's went. Here's my only like, like, thing I want to like, mention or put in there. If, if um, like on your list, if um, Marco Rossi is a winger, I would take him over Lucas Raymond, but because they already have those two centers, I don't really want to overcrowd. But if he's a winger, I'm for sure taking him. Uh, for sure, and that's the same way that I think about it too. I think that if Rossi could play wing, which I'm sure he has some capability of playing wing, and teams will ask him that before the draft because I think that's huge. But I, I just think that the Ducks need a winger more than they need a center, and that's just the way it is. But for right. number seven, number seven might be a shocker. I said that I was debating Raymond Rossi, Raymond Rossi, but we're at the Devils now. They don't need a center. They got Hughes and Heischer. Why would they need a third one? So moving up, who I think personally for me is the top goal scorer in the draft is Alexander Holtz from Sweden. I think the Devils will select him. Big winger, excellent shot. Very, very smart. He can pass the puck too. Um, people question his speed and his skating. I think personally his skating's decent. I don't think it's a burner like Stutzel or like I was mentioning before Paterka, but I think he's a very good player still. Very good shot. The Devils need goal scoring. They can't score at all, and they need somebody on the wing, so I think Holtz fits it perfectly there. Yeah, for sure. Um, with my seventh pick, I have the New Jersey Devils taking – Holtz, the exact same as you have. I'm not going to beat a dead horse again. Um, I think, yeah, other than his skating, which isn't, like, terrible, I don't really see anything against him. And, yeah, but I'm going to move on to number eight. Yep. Where I have Marco Rossi. 
Marco yes. Rossi. I was just going to ask you, I, I don't think any of us have Rossi gone off the board. I mentioned before that I think he's a top five potential talent. Here's, here's my only thing. I think the Buffalo Sabres will draft him even though they have Eichel and Cousins. Because either... Well, Middlestat too. Middlestat too is Marco, there. Middlestat too, but I feel uh, Cousins and Rossi will switch over to Wing, or Middlestad will, obviously, and they'll just play with that. And I feel Buffalo is just selecting right now to get the best prospect available because they're such a, a dumpster fire where they just want the best prospect because they're honestly lacking so much. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I debated Rossi or even jumping up with Sanderson, but it's too long for Rossi to be on the board past eight. So I have Marco Rossi at eight to the Sabres as well. Like you said, Buffalo's struggling for talent, and I think they'll take anybody anybody that they can get. Do I know if Rossi's going to be able to play next year in Buffalo? I'm not sure. If he does, I would assume they're going to try to convert him straight away to playing wing. But if Cousins, for some reason, and his development hasn't changed, or Middlestat continues to be playing on his declining rate and lacking confidence, then Rossi could actually slip in at center. But for me, if I were the Sabres, I'd want Eichel as a center and I'd want Cousins as a center. Bigger bodies yeah. rather than smaller bodies at the center position. So yeah. throwing Middlestat and Rossi to the wing I don't think is bad because Rossi, Rossi has shown that he is skilled. You can teach somebody right. to play that position not too badly. Who do you have going at nine to the Chicago Blackhawks? I think this might shock a few people. Also, also, sorry to cut you off. Just one thing. This is based off like draft project. Ah, man, tongue tied. Projections. So they have projected the Chicago Blackhawks getting the ninth pick. Just so you guys know, and we know that the picks aren't guaranteed yet. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the Blackhawks are going to lose out. I don't think that they're beating the Oilers, but. Yeah, nonetheless, they have the Blackhawks there. Um, So based on them saying that the Blackhawks are getting ninth, I think this this might be a little bit shocking. I don't know if you have them up here. But I have Yaroslav Askarov, or Askarov, however people pronounce it. It's gone both ways. But I think the goaltender from Russia is the next big thing. I think he's Vasilevsky, possibly even better. Uh, just his stats on how he's able to steal games. He's six foot three. He's got that elite size. He's super quick. He hit, people complain that he's got this like jittery hand. He's got jittery feet, but he said it's something that he's learned. So I don't think it's a worry. People might be worried about what happened in the World Juniors, but for me, like, listen, this this kid can flat out play. He can steal you games, and the Blackhawks don't have a goaltender. Or like later on when we talk about series previews. The Blackhawks, Corey Crawford, um, he's not playing. He's injured. He's going to be done soon. They have Malcolm Subban, Dalia. He's, he's nowhere in Malcolm Subban is nowhere near a starter. At the exact same player going. And I'm just going to go straight to 10. Where I have Jake Sanderson going. Jake Sanderson. I, I have Jake Sanderson as well going at 10. This is also dependent on where everything goes the play in. And if it is the Coyotes' pick, uh, there's also complications based on the Taylor Hall trade. Um, 
there's a lot of details, but basically if Taylor Hall stays or they get far in the playoffs, the Devils would get that pick. So I think both ways, if the Devils or Coyotes have this, I don't think Jake Sanderson's a bad pick. For me, he's the best defensive defenseman in the draft. I think he's I think he's better than Drysdale. I've said it before. I think Sanderson's going to be better than Drysdale in his career. Uh, a Not little bit wise, but just defensively and more of a solid game that you would want on your decor. I think he could even surpass him in points. Maybe a little bit of a hot take, but I think overall he's just a better defenseman. He could score yeah. more than him too. But yeah, Jake Sanderson's at ten there. Wrapping up our top ten mock draft again. Once everything comes out and we know more about the teams that are not in the playoffs and they get knocked out officially, we'll have the playing team who's selecting number one that gets Lafreniere and probably all the way down from the first round knockouts. Whoever gets knocked out, we'll do a mock draft again about it. But that's just a brief introduction to hockey minds and what we're all about and the draft here. So thank you for listening. Um, if you did tell us what you enjoyed, if you can, uh, we're going to continue to do this probably Well, this week will be pretty hectic with playoff previews. Cause we really want to do that. Our playoff predictions and what we believe will happen. So thanks for listening. Today was a draft day overview of the podcast. We let you know what we're about the exhibition games, 28th to the 30th game starting August 1st, August 2nd, August 3rd. Uh, breaking news that the Bruins have nine unfit players, Pasternak, Kasha, Coyle, Krug, Corrali, Rask, Wagner, Krejci, and Richie. Overrated and underrated players. Overrated players are Jack Quinn and Drysdale. Underrated Lucas Reichel and Caden Gould. And the mock draft, just reviewing it again, play-in team who wins the lottery, Lafreniere. Kings for me get Byfield. Sens get Stutzel. Wings get Perfetti. The Sens again picking second time in the first round, Drysdale. The Ducks, Rossi. Devils get Raymond. Or no, sorry, the Ducks get Raymond. The Devils take Holt. Sabres get Rossi. My bad. Those are all flip-flopped. My bad. But Blackhawks get Askarov at 9 and 10, Jake Sanderson. Complications. But it's been a pretty good first episode. Uh, Thanks, Carson, for co-hosting. It's going to be a great, great journey for us. Oh, yeah. Glad to see where this takes us and just to have fun doing this. So thanks for listening. This is Hockey Minds. We're out. Peace out.